Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel for podcastmybusiness.com.au and now on video for contentmadeeasy.com.au. And we've got some great guests with us today. Um, really, really good here around Melbourne Cup. We've got a couple of people with nice Irish names um, who just happen to have Irish names. So there we go. Um, we've got Declan Clawson, who is the Deputy Lord Mayor of the City of Newcastle. And G'day, Tony. Siobhan. Hello, how are you doing? And we've got Siobhan Curran from... University of Newcastle, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Siobhan Curran. I'm the Assistant Director for I2N and Innovation at the University of Newcastle. That essentially means I help look after new ventures and entrepreneurship at the uni. I had no way I was going to do that. <laughs> There's a lot of good words in that, in, that, in that title. There is fantastic words. And look, well, we're catching up because a couple of things is that I'm in the collab space at the ACU in um, North Sydney. It's got North Sydney and Strathfield campus. And when I heard about this, I thought, what a great idea. Um, and you, well, I was just having a chat before. I, a year ago, started my third business in eight years. Congratulations. So, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether, does that make me an entrepreneur? Absolutely. I think it makes me an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well, okay. it also depends, I think, on what you learn across each of those separate business uh, uh, startups and then what you've mm. what's translated across and what you've decided to ditch. Mm. Well, the number one rule I tell everybody, and because um, I do mentor people in the collab space, is don't spend money unless you have to. That's great advice. <laughs> one of my favourite areas of entrepreneurship development or people who come to us with ideas is... Go away now and speak to a bunch of people who you think might use whatever it is you're developing um, and gather some insights and do market research to figure out whether or not it's something that's worth pursuing because there's nothing worse than seeing people spending uh, not so much time but money on developing products and services that ultimately people at the end of the day don't really want. Um, you know, there's some important lessons you can learn in doing that. But certainly, if you can save yourself money as part of that discovery, um, the all you know, all the better to you. Mm. Yeah. So, what, Declan? What do you think makes somebody an entrepreneur? I think we've landed with a curly question right up uh, up front. Clearly, somebody that has uh, an innovative idea or has looked at uh, the translation of uh, of an idea from one field to another, I think, would make somebody an, an entrepreneur. Uh, they're um, clearly supported by a whole network of other people that are able to see the vision and help uh, support and, and innovate and create something new. So I think uh, probably Siobhan's undoubtedly got a, a perfect academic uh, definition or a practical definition to, to pull from as well. But from my perspective, somebody with an idea that, that's able to translate that into a new field. I'm sure Siobhan has the absolutely perfect explanation. Well, I'm not sure if it's perfect, but my interpretation. And so mine would be people who are able to turn an idea into impact. And that impact has to really be about value creation. So if the product, the solution, whatever it is that the entrepreneur has developed that creates so much value that a person's actually willing to not just use it, but pay for it is really, really important. Because if it's not being used it's not innovative, right? Um, and so um, someone who can, who can also take the risk 
to turn that idea into impact and not, you know, lots of people have ideas and lots of people can implement those ideas, um, but it's the scale to which they're really dedicated to actually putting that new product or service into the market um, and being willing to get sort of punched down a lot <laughs> to, to make it happen, but also to get to the point where they realize when they have to stop as well. So, you know, an appetite for risk aversion, uh, sorry, an appetite for risk rather, and then also knowing how far to go and when to sort of stop, take stock and pivot or change or stop what they're doing and start something different. Yeah. That's my definition of an entrepreneur. That, that was a much, much better answer than the one that I gave. And it's the reason you're the innovation manager at the union, not me. That was terrific. I don't know, Declan. I feel like as someone who, um, you know, I'm not sure you'd count yourself as someone who's an entrepreneur, but you're certainly entrepreneurial. And uh, I definitely wouldn't describe myself as an entrepreneur, but thanks. I, I'd like to, particularly in the public policy space, can have some innovative ideas from time to time, but I, I don't think I have the same skill set and I've got a lot of admiration for those that are that are prepared uh, and to, to take the risk exactly as you identified to put themselves out there to try something new when when the the odds might be stacked against against them uh, because they've got an idea that that others hopefully can value uh, can benefit from and, and can generate value to, to society that's it's really exciting very admirable admirable yeah and I think the key word there is actually definitely risk yeah because it is a risk. It is a difficult thing to do. For me, my journey is I uh, got bumped off from an ad agency. I was very lucky. I was able to take most of my clients with me. So I had a perfect start and most of my clients still with me all these years later. But you, you just can't sit still and stay still in any space. So I think anybody in business, even in government, I mean, a lot of the new things that government comes up with would be regarded as entrepreneurial if it was in private enterprise well i think this um landing pad is a classic example of that right the city of newcastle has actually been really innovative and entrepreneurial in their thinking about this is an economic development uh, opportunity and so typically a lot of councils and governments will look at trying to lure the one big you know multinational corporate to set up their headquarters or an office within a within a regional location like Newcastle and city of Newcastle have really flipped that on its head and said, you know what, how about if we look at how we might be able to support tech enabled entrepreneurs who, you know, when they do succeed um, can scale and employ lots of people in a sh relatively short amount of time and, and be those job creators. Let's look at how we might be able to attract, you know, those kinds of companies um, at their early stages to a place like Newcastle. And I think that's um, that's a really great example of government being innovative. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And in, in connecting the, the topics together as well, it's also helping people that are prepared to take a risk. Like moving cities is risky, particularly to a, a second tier city like Newcastle. It's not one of the, the capitals. And the people often that we are attracting have had uh, really great careers in metropolitan Sydney or Melbourne. They're looking for a different quality of life, looking around at something new, might not have been to Newcastle before. Uh, it is a pretty decent risk to, to, to move to a location like this, having uh, not necessarily had, had those experiences, not been aware of the level of support. And so something very practical we can do to try and help de-risk it is, is having uh, a partnership like the Landing Pad with the University of Newcastle and the amazing facilities that it brings mm -hmm. just to make it that little bit easier for, for somebody thinking of, of relocating to a regional city to, to take advantage of the better quality of life that, that a city like Newcastle is able to bring. Mm. 
Yeah, well, that, that's actually a good point is um, what is it that, why would I want to move from Sydney to Newcastle? I've got a, a, um, a, an answer to that one just very briefly uh, and, because, and informed by data too. So actually just going through uh, Siobhan's opening comments about uh, when you've got an, an innovator, an entrepreneur with innovative ideas, what it is that you, the market research that you do, how you try and understand the clientele. We know that, that Newcastle is a growing city uh, through COVID in particular. It was a trend that was uh, accelerated. Newcastle was one of the top five local government area beneficiaries from across the entire country, which saw people relocating from metropolitan areas, particularly Sydney and Melbourne, looking uh, at regional centres and an alternative place to step up, to set up. Uh, and we were able to collect a whole lot of data and, and, and uh, both qualitative and quantitative from those people that were looking to move to really unpack and understand what were the drivers of, uh, of people seeking to relocate. The, uh, the most significant reason, the primary reason was people were trying to achieve a better quality of life. And then underneath that, there were four key uh, influences that people were looking to relocate to somewhere like Newcastle as a result of the arts and culture that we provide, the sense of community, the lifestyle and the city infrastructure. Uh, and so then bringing all of those things together, uh, the landing pad provides a very practical mechanism by which we're able to provide the good city infrastructure, connect it with an amazing building. We're very lucky that the, uh, the landing pad's located out of the Q building, located right in the heart of the Newcastle CBD, the University of Newcastle's inner city campus here in Newcastle. A, a brand new, just opened in, a month ago, six star uh, building um, that really brings that quality of, of work life, but also brings together all of those other external benefits um, that, that really map very neatly to the, the style of expectations that we, we're seeing in the data in terms of the, the decisions people are making when they're looking at relocating to somewhere like Newcastle. Mm. And I can speak from personal experience as someone who's moved from Sydney to Newcastle 12 years ago, mm. um, that, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to relocate was housing affordability. We, we love the beach and we wanted to be close to the beach, but if we wanted to stay in Sydney, we just seemed to get further and further away from it. Mm. And the commute time. So I would take public transport and it would be one hour each way from where I lived in suburban Sydney to um, Alexandria. And I was like, is this it? Is this... <laughs> Leave it like what my life is going to be like, especially with young children. Having married an overcastrian, it was a somewhat easier transition to or leap of faith to move to Newcastle because I was sort of familiar with the layout. Renew Newcastle initiative was up and running at that point, which supported creative entrepreneurs to access um, space for them to be able to operate from. And that really interested me. But otherwise, I had no networks up here and my background was marketing. So the idea of getting a marketing job was problematic. I wasn't sure if I'd get something. And had a landing pad been available to me as I you know, started out freelancing when I first moved here, I think being able to be connected in straight away, like plugged into essentially a concierge service that can point you in the right direction of all of the meetup events, the networking uh, opportunities, the business chamber events, um, all of those kinds of things is just eases that transition into a new location so much easier. And, you know, while the, you know, COVID and hybrid work opportunities or being able to work 100% remotely has been really, really, um, you know, opened up the doors, I think, to people to consider moving to regional locations like Newcastle. Um, and that's been demonstrated by those figures that Declan just um, outlined. Yes, working from home is fantastic. We all like being able to be in our pajamas while we take Zoom calls or put a load of washing on. 
um, during during our lunch break. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're connected humans that need to be able to be in person with each other. And that's what the landing hub, hub ultimately, sorry, the landing pad ultimately is able to provide is that face-to-face -face interactive connection into humans and people that are going through the same journey you are, uh, particularly if you're starting a new business. And it's interesting. One of the things I like about the one, the collab that I'm in is you've hit on the right point that you get to meet other people because it's really easy. I've worked from home for a very long time, but I always knew every day you got to get out and do something. Otherwise, it just closes in on you. I think most people are starting to realize that now, a couple of years later, going, yeah, it was fun working from home, but now that hybrid model is really, and it's good for your mental health as well. Mm. So I think this is a great yeah, mental absolutely. health initiative. Yeah. Well, just think of how isolating, uh, particularly given this is targeted at people that are relocating cities, how isolating that would be without yeah. the, the network and the work, uh, the work environment that you would otherwise have. Yeah. A place like this really does uh, help with those immediate connections. And I can certainly see that the value that that provides to helping people uh, ensure that there's that good social connection, not just at work, but also in, in, in personal lives as well. Well, how hard is it to make friends as adults? Like, yes. it's a really hard thing to do, especially yeah. if you don't have children, right? I mean, yeah. children always provide you an opportunity to make yes. friends through soccer, you know, uh, or, or sports or at the PNF or whatever. But if you don't have kids, it's it, just generally speaking, as an adult, we're all really busy people. So making mm. friends is really hard. And so mm. that's another added benefit, I guess, of having a space like the landing pad is it provide, you know, you're able to build out your networks, not just professionally, but also personally. So that takes us, what a great segue, um, to the facilities available at the landing pad. Yeah, well, I can, I can maybe speak to this. Um, so we, you know, we spent a lot of time de developing and designing the insides of this building um, by looking at a lot of co-working spaces and incubator and accelerator spaces, not just within Australia, but internationally to sort of learn from their mistakes. You know, one of the first questions we'd ask them is, what would you do differently? And that's really helped inform the design about uh, of this building. And so um, as Declan mentioned, it's a regional New South Wales first six-star green star rated building. Sustainability is a really key driver of what we do at the University of Newcastle. And we've kind of set the bar now quite high in terms of all the buildings we're going to be developing from now with regards to those green um, credentials. And what we've uh, kind of nice um, side to that is all of our hub members love being part of a building that kind of wears its sustainability credentials by even just looking at the building, you can see that it's sustainable. Um, and, you know, we get a lot of um, people who are new to the uh, building, co-working from the space, who will actually do like Zoom tours of, you know, whoever it is they're meeting with online somewhere else of the building to be able to show them what it looks like. So it's a cross-laminate timber construction. It's got smart glass called sage glass on the outside. So it tints as the sun hits it for thermal control. We've got PVs on the roof, reticulated rainwater. Um, and just a, a beautiful um, decorated space in terms of its um, services as well. And so that inc includes things like on the top floor, we have the landing pad of proper, which is um, open plan co-working, but we also have offices available as well for up to three people. Um, and that's swipe access only into that level for, for our hub members and our landing pad participants. Um, in that space, we have meeting rooms that are all Zoom enabled. Um, we have a kitchen area with pod coffee, which we recycle. 
Um, and then we have some open plan sort of breakout spaces as well. We also have a full-time staff member that's available on that floor as well to answer any questions anyone has and how they get connected in. Um, and then we, on the lower levels, we have um, event space where we have host a lot of our networking events and uh, workshops and seminars around entrepreneurship, things like financial modeling, intellectual property. We have pitch nights every week, sorry, every month rather. We'd like them to be every week, but every month. <laughs> I'll turn um, up and it's a pitch night. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And then we uh, most importantly have a fabulous cafe operator on the ground floor in Dark's Espresso. We know how important coffee is for entrepreneurs. Um, and I can tell you it's fantastic coffee. Um, and then we also have what we call the Innovation Concierge on the ground floor. So one of our I2N reps is always on the ground floor to help assist people, point them in the right directions of where they need to go throughout the building. And there's also a maker space on the ground floor as well. So all of our uh, landing pad participants and program um, incubator hub members get access to the maker space. So if they're developing out products and they want a prototype, they can do that from the ground floor as well. So that's just some of the features within the building. Right. Okay. So what sort of industries do you think it would attract more than others? I know Newcastle's well known for mining, of course. And we're moving into a green future with that and whatever. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Declan? What would the sort of industries that you think would be perfect? Yeah, we've been really agnostic as to the industries uh, that, that are uh, able to take advantage of this landing pad offer. And so I should just mention that the, the current offer uh, is a three-month complimentary access to the, the landing pad as part of a relocation uh, to Newcastle. And um, that's open to entrepreneurs and professionals alike that are seeking to relocate and, and looking for somewhere to work uh, from the, the city. We've had really great success with a really, I have to say, a really, really wide variety of, of different fields. Um, obviously, taking advantage of our skill set in the energy sector has been uh, a particular focus, and there's a number of uh, businesses working out of the landing pad at the moment that are working in the cutting edge of, of clean uh, tech in particular. Um, we've got a growing uh, technology uh, field and, and community here in Newcastle as well and a number of very active businesses uh, in, in that space. Um, financial services and healthcare also uh, play a, a role. We've got NIB, a really large listed uh, healthcare provider, private health insurer uh, here in, uh, based out of the city of Newcastle and so a number of uh, startups that are providing services in, into them. Um, we're fortunate to have a couple of uh, fairly major financial uh, institutions in uh, member-owned uh, credit unions that are located in, in Newcastle that are also taking advantage of the opportunity that's created through through these local networks. So uh, diversity, uh, absolutely. I don't. Uh, we're not being. Uh, we've been completely agnostic uh, in terms of the the type of. Uh, um, entrepreneurs that we're creating more than anything uh, we're, uh, we're encouraging to come to Newcastle and really demonstrating that the city of the scale of Newcastle uh, has enough opportunity to cover off on a, a wide variety of different uh, skill sets. Mm. Cool okay so Siobhan is um, this space tied into the university with the students is there um, mentorship and what have you in there as well? Yeah, so I guess one of the benefits of the, the landing pad in the space that we have is that we're not only industry agnostic, but you don't have to be affiliated with the university to co-work from the space. Clearly, that's the case for the landing pad participants, but certainly the, the vast majority of people that choose to actually work from the hub or participate within our pre-accelerator, accelerator, accelerator and, and mentoring programs 
typically aren't affiliated with the university, but they want access to students for work integrated learning or internships, which often turn into their first hires. It's a great way to be able to source talent at the university in particular disciplines or skill sets. Um, and I guess the other added benefit of that too is if you are working on a technically um, challenging um, solution, access to researchers and PhD students to be able to help you under better understand um, problems that you might be encountering in getting that technology to market is also another opportunity. So we have a very pretty good understanding. I mean, universities are typically very complex places to navigate, um, but the, all of the I2N staff have very good connections into all of the colleges and the schools, not just from an academic perspective for students, but also from a researcher perspective as well. And then, yes, we also run a mentoring program as well called Venture Mentor Service, and that's also available to our landing pad um, program participants as well. It's a beautiful program. It incorporates up to 40 um, volunteer um, mentors. Many of them come from industry within the local community, um, but many of them have also worked internationally or interstate, and they're coming back and being able to share their expertise. So that's another really great way to build out your network and get some um, business advice and support at the same time. Wow. Mm. I'm going to move to Newcastle. Mm. Anyway, luckily <laughs> I've got something. We haven't even started to talk about the amazing beaches and the wineries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Gina would kill me if you knew I went somewhere else. <laughs> um, okay. So just thinking about. Um, there's a new thing, uh, probably not so new, but anyway, there's a new term, new type of entrepreneur, and that's someone who works but has a side gig, a side hustle, as they call it. Can't remember what that new term is, and it'll pop up again. Um, so would that suit people like that as well? Well, I, I think absolutely. Uh, it, it's something, uh, if you've got an innovative idea, and we know that lots of people start working uh, at, at home or in the garage, you know, those classic stories uh, and are looking to scale to the next level, the landing pad is the ideal place in order to do that next piece of the, the scale. I might just do a, a quick uh, uh, a promotion of another program offered uh, through the City of Newcastle and this space is a, a side hustle boot camp, which is helping people who are still for example, in full-time employment somewhere else, but have a really good idea that they want to uh, they want to try and commercialise and and then look at how it might progress uh, towards a, a startup uh, to come into the programs that Siobhan has just been uh, talking about. Um, that we're absolutely catering and we're really promoting and are welcoming people uh, with with ideas that are at that stage to come and think about Newcastle as a as a place a place to explore them further uh, and know that there's great wraparound support uh, as their ideas continue to grow. Ooh. Cool. All right. So um, I think we yeah we did we started off with the money side of things. I just want to say to everybody, look, don't spend the money. I I actually launched on a, my second business was internet based, and I didn't even have a website. So um, don't people go out and they spend money on the business cards and this that and whatever and the website and whatever. You know, get people giving you money, then spend money. That's really really an important thing. Yeah, I mean, I that's sound advice. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talk about, um, you know, a, a, an exchange between people who might want to use your product and people um, and, and your and the product itself can take different forms. And yeah. so, and it, I think it depends on the stage at which your uh, startups at too. So, for example, if you're very early stage and you're still developing out the actual product itself, 
you know, just being able to do very small, smart um, tests with people who you think are going to want to purchase this and be your first mm. adopters um, to just even get their name down on a mailing list. I mean, mm. that is currency, right? Mm. So any evidence of traction in interest in your um, in your product doesn't necessarily at the in the first instance always have to be money either. But mm. certainly that's where you want to be headed towards for sure. Mm. Yeah. And something I, I like to tell people is, especially in these sort of um, spaces, is set up a board. So get people who have that level of expertise in, in marketing and what have you and ask them, um, get them together and in a semi-formal process and go, okay, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. What do you think? And then get their, not quite permission, but get their quicker or faster feedback. Yeah, yeah, surrounding yourself with, with people that have uh, either potential end users or have been through the process before is really valuable. And, and one of the additional benefits that comes from co-locating yourself in somewhere like the landing pad where you've got access to, to people that might have gone through some of those experiences, learned some of the hard lessons themselves before, I think that taking on board as much of that advice as possible is only going to, to lead to better outcomes. Cool. All right, anything else you'd like to add? For anyone looking uh, to uh, take advantage of the landing pad, the easiest way to do that is to have a look at the City of Newcastle's website, or if you just Google landing pad Newcastle, it'll uh, come straight up. There's a whole lot of case study examples of people that have made the move uh, to Newcastle, a summary of everything that Siobhan's talked about in terms of what the landing pad uh, has to offer, and also information on how to apply in order to take advantage of the three-month complimentary membership. So a real, there's a great hub on that, uh, on that website with lots of information for people thinking about potentially uh, moving to Newcastle for the very first time and uh, hoping uh, to find somewhere new to set up their businesses. Ooh. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. So that's um, with the city of Newcastle and Newcastle University. Yeah. You know, if you're working from home and you're stuck in mortgages and everything else, yeah, it might be the perfect time. Just go for the weekend. I'm sure Siobhan will be able to make you a coffee with those pods. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe... Get a nice freshly brewed barista coffee on the ground floor of yeah. the hub for sure. <laughs> Even better. All right. Thanks, guys. We might see you there sometime soon, Tony. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony.